So this is the third night, final night of Freedom Fighters. We did the heart of a freedom fighter. We did last week the weapons of a freedom fighter. And tonight is called the authority of a freedom fighter. The text is that I'm using, Ted will do whatever he does, is Luke chapter 10, 17 through 20. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Point one tonight is the difference between power and authority. Jesus gave his disciples authority over all the power of the enemy. When he was on this earth, they just used his name as an extension of his ministry. And the, they found out that, that they had authority. Even though they weren't great Christians, even though they really didn't know that much of what they were doing, they found out when they used Jesus' name that there was an authority over the power of the enemy. Here is the first thing that you need to understand to win in the kingdom of God and in this alternate reality called the spirit world. Is that on the cross, Jesus stripped Satan and the kingdom of darkness of their authority. See Colossians 2.15. Through the power of the cross, he stripped them of their authority. Authority is the right... To exercise power. Now, unfortunately, he didn't take away the devil's power. He just took away the right to exercise power. The only way that Satan gets to exercise power now, the only way he gains authority in a believer or an unbeliever's life is by getting them to believe lies. If, if we will agree with his lies, then he has been given an entrance. It's called a stronghold. Every thought that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, every thought that's contradictory to God um, is, is a lie and the enemy can come and his power is protected by the lie that human beings are believing. Every believer has been given authority over the enemy. This is Mark chapter 16, verse 17. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. Did you notice this? This is not that that these signs are going to follow apostles or they're going to follow pastors or they're going to follow really mature Christians. Every believer has given authority 
the name of Jesus to them to use. It has authority. It's not about how good you are. It's not about how spiritual you are. It's about the authority that is in that name that was won on the cross. In Jesus' name, Satan has to flee. Demons have to flee. God has given you that name. Peter said this, Silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you. In Jesus' name, rise up and walk. Peter was very conscious that he was a possessor of Jesus' name. That the authority that Jesus had, he gave to his favored sons and daughters. It's very, very important that you understand authority. It is in Jesus' name. It belongs to believers. Whether you've had a good day or a bad day, whether you're in the mood or not in the mood, you have authority. Here's the, here's, here's the problem. Unless the enemy can get you to believe you don't have the authority. Remember, he's a liar. Now, especially in the charismatic movement. We believe in the supernatural. We believe in dreams and visions. We believe that there's this other realm. And the enemy is a counterfeit. And he can use experiences. And he can use feelings. And he can use um, superstition. My, he loves to use superstition. To try to get us in this fear realm where we're afraid of the devil. We're, we're, we're into these things. And, we, and whenever your life becomes complicated, wherever your spiritual life becomes complicated, know this. Somehow the enemy got in. Paul says, I fear for you, lest as the serpent deceived Eve, so you too be led astray from simple devotion to Christ. Jesus didn't have arguments with the devil. He just said, this is what it's written. This is what's written. This is what's written. This is why we need to know the word of God. We need to know what is true so that we don't get tricked. Authority flows from intimacy. John chapter 5, verse 19, Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father doing. When Jesus woke up in the morning, he was not thinking about the devil. He wasn't thinking about what the devil is doing and what the devil's doing in the earth and I'm going to go out and fight devils. Jesus was thinking about the Father. He had a relationship with the Father. He just did what he saw the Father doing. And he walked with the Father throughout the day and if a demon showed up, it was in trouble. I, li- I like to think of the demons like mosquitoes. Uh, pr- but dangerous mosquitoes. Um... If I come, I, I, don't, I don't come into my office looking for mosquitoes. Is there one in here? Is there one? In, I'm checking under pillows. Is there a mosquito in here? I, that's, I'm not even thinking about it. I, I'm, I'm thinking about my day. But if there is a mosquito there, I don't go into shock. Ah! There's a mosquito! No, we know there are mosquitoes in this world. It's not shocking when you see a mosquito. It may, it's curious, how did it get in my office? But here's the next thing I know. That mosquito's in trouble. It, it came into my realm. It came, as I was walking with God, it came into my realm, and I'm going to take authority over it. Now listen. We are not called to go out in the woods to, to go after mosquitoes. 
I'm going to show my authority over mosquitoes by going out into the woods and killing mosquitoes. That's not what this is about. We are called to walk with God. The focus of our Christianity needs to be our walk with Jesus Christ. There are two things the enemy wants you to err on and he doesn't care which side it is. It can be that you don't believe in him and if you don't believe in the spiritual world or you wish that there weren't demons and you just think the devil is out there somewhere and never, you're never going to win that. You're just not going to win that. Sorry, there's mosquitoes. There are mosquitoes and they're, they're all around and they, they pick and they lie and they tempt and they've got, they've got an agenda and they can manipulate feelings and they can get you going in the wrong direction. You need to be aware there are mosquitoes in the world. The other side that he would love you to get on is to overemphasize the devil. And it's all about the devil. It's all about what the devil's doing. And, it's, and, 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 and your, your prayers are mainly about, you know, rebuking this and rebuking that and rebuking that and rebuking that. He, that that's, he doesn't care which side you get on, either over-attention or complete neglect. And so we need to recognize intimacy or authority flows from intimacy. Here's Mark 3, 14 and 15. He appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. Our first call is to be with him. And as we are with him, he will send us out to bring freedom to people. The authority that you will have will flow from that place of intimacy. Remember the seven sons of Sceva? They thought it was like a magic formula. And they cast, were casting these demons out. They were Jewish exorcists. We're going to cast these demons out in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. Remember, remember what the demons said to them? They said, we, we, we certainly know who Jesus is, and we've heard of Paul, but who are you? And, there was, uh, and they were, of course, horribly defeated, and it was, it was just bad. It was very bad for them. Authority flows from intimacy. We, we, in our prayer meeting, we prayed for the Intimacy with God conference and Ryan Schaub came up and he had a word and a prayer and he, he thought it was about freedom fighters, but we were praying for intimacy with God and then God just put it together with him. And he, here's what he said. The first training for the freedom fighters is intimacy with God. I want to encourage you to come out this week to the Intimacy with God conference. We were in Montevideo. I was contending for spiritual gifts, for spiritual power. To, we were praying the words in red, God, come and show your power to heal the sick, do miracles. And we were in a 40-day fast. And I'm on day 20, and the, the, the whole fast changed radically. I'm out on my front porch in Montevideo, and I'm walking towards the bench. I'll never forget the sentence that God gave me. I'm walking on my way, and here's the sentence that comes into my mind, just, just clear. I never want your public anointing to be greater than your private devotion. That was the line. Now with that line came a realization 
that I was already in danger. My public anointing was already greater than my private devotion. I was already at risk because when your public anointing is greater than your private devotion, you can get very filled with yourself. You can get filled with, you just get off on the wrong thing. And the Lord, the Lord was, it just changed the whole fast. Because what, what the Lord was saying is, I want you to be more anointed publicly. I want to move in power more, but I don't want to lose you in the process. Build your private devotion, and the public anointing will flow from that place. And so my whole fast changed. I went from God send your power, God send your power, to uh, God make me, make me intimate, take me deeper, <laughs> take me higher with you. Authority, ultimately, it begins with the name of Jesus. Right when you get saved, you've got that name of Jesus to use. But it matures as we come into the nature of Jesus and into an intimacy with him. Discerning of spirits is one of the spiritual, nine spiritual gifts. It is a revelation of the spirit world. Sometimes people will just know that there's still a demon there. They will sometimes even know the name of the demon. But when the discerning of spirits is in full operation or in higher operations, people oftentimes will see the demon and be able to command it to leave. Um, discerning of spirits is also the gift when in operation you could see the other side. This is how people can see angels. This is how people can have a vision of Jesus. It's discerning of spirits. God can open up eyes or just hearts to the spirit world. And all of a sudden you know exactly what you are dealing with. And so part of our Freedom Fighter team, we pray, we earnestly desire for the gift of discerning of spirits. There is Joe, Joe Guliamo, Pastor Joe leads this ministry. There's a lot of focus on intimacy with God that we're not just going to scream and shout what we don't want to do. And this has happened in the charismatic church is spend a whole lot of energy swinging at stuff. We're just going to start swatting at everything and, and do it loud and hard and, and at the end of the day wonder did anything really happen there was... Was that mainly us just doing gyrations spiritually? I don't know. Um, we want to land punches. All right, point two is the need for the anointing. Isaiah 61.1, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners. This is a about Jesus. It's a prophecy about Jesus. Jesus is the anointed one. That's what Christ means. He is the anointed one. It's just that now his anointing flows through his body, through his freedom fighters, through people like you and I. Jesus, this all starts with Jesus and who he is. In the spring of 1997, I am on the Mercy ship. It's in East London, South Africa. I am, I'm going to be doing a DTS all week long. Um, it was, I think it was on holiness. I was teaching. And that Thursday night, I was asked to do a night, a service for the whole um, ship. And 
I'm not on the ship yet. It's the day before I get on the ship. I'm staying at somebody's home in, in East London, South Africa, and I'm just having my morning quiet time, and I'm reading um, Judges chapter 14, verse 4. Here's what it says. It says, His parents, speaking of Samson's parents, did not know that this was from the Lord, who was seeking an occasion to confront the Philistines. For at that time... They were ruling over Israel. That was the scripture. And all of a sudden, I understood what's going on. And I understood what God was doing and what he was speaking. In this text, Samson's not looking for a fight. The Israelites are not looking for a fight. The Israelites have accepted their bondage. They have accepted that they are ruled over by somebody else. Let me tell you who's looking for a fight. God's looking for a fight. God has set up circumstances for a fight. Because his people have accepted bondage. And so God is working circumstances so he can confront it. And I just got the fear of the Lord. I'd never seen Jesus like this before. What he was speaking to me was Thursday night is an occasion I have set up to confront that which is ruling my people. And I I want you to preach on the anointing and I'm going to come and I'm going to free people on Thursday night. And it was... A side of Jesus I'd never seen. This was not gentle Jesus. This was warrior Jesus. This was Jesus with fire in his eyes. And so everybody I was with all week long, I'd say, hey, would you mind praying for Thursday night? I don't know what's going to happen, but Jesus is, is coming to free his people. Jesus is coming in his anointing on Thursday night. And so here we are. It's Thursday night. I've got, there's probably 300 people there. And keep in mind, these are like the greatest Christians around. These are people that are, are on the mercy ship, sacrificing their lives to help people, to do operations for people. To, these are very, very strong Christians. And I start preaching on the anointing and about Jesus' desire to set people free. And, and I said, some of, I get to the end, and I said, some of you have, have just, you've just made peace with what is ruling you. Some of you have made peace with fear. It's just, it's just, and here's a good way to know if there's something demonic in your life, when it's not that you have something, but something has you. Some people are afraid, other people, fear has them. There's probably a demonic thing there. Some people get sick. Get sick once in a while. Other people, sickness has them. They go from sickness to sickness to sickness to sickness. There's probably something demonic there. Some people experience lust. Some people, lust has them in the grip of their hand. Their whole life, it feels like it's lust. That's the sign that something is oppressing. Something is ruling over you. And so I just said, I was naming all of these things. And I said, if there's something that's ruling over you, that you have made peace with. Um, Jesus is here tonight to set you free. Would you just stand to your feet? And, and people are standing up all over the place. <laughs> and I didn't, know, I didn't know what this was going to look like. So I just said, Jesus, here are your people. Holy Spirit, come now and set them free. 
And what happened in that place is, it's like it happened yesterday. People started shaking. People started screaming. <laughs> there, was, there was action in the house. And, and God just came. And I, we brought up the ministry teams. And people that were, were, were getting touched came up. And we actually prayed for people past midnight. And, and people got healed. And they got freed. And they got delivered. This is the power of his anointing. Jesus is a freedom fighter. We don't just need um, deliverance, but then we need the oil that binds up that which is broken. You, you, you get the enemy out, and what, while he was there, he causes so much trauma in people's lives. We've got people that have PTSD all over the place that were never in the military. They went through trauma. They went through difficult times, uh, horrible times, and the enemy was happy to lie to them again and again and again and again. And once you get through that time and get rid of that lie, there's still the trauma of, of dealing with it. And Jesus is anointed to bind up the brokenhearted. And so part of freedom is not just getting free and knowing your authority, but allowing the Lord's presence to heal that which was traumatized. To, 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 and, and to allow that, and to allow that process of healing. And a lot of times, prophetic ministry is needed, and um, sometimes it takes counseling, and sometimes it takes time. Everybody's different. This is why we have to, to be a freedom fighter. You've got, you've got to persevere. You're going to have to persevere with people. It's hard to get people free. Our goal is Galatians 5.1. It was for freedom that Christ set you free. Stand firm in your freedom, therefore, and do not become enslaved again by a yoke of bondage. Our goal for people is not just that they will get free, but that they will stay free. And, when, and, and when, when, when that is our mindset, this is, this is a, the whole philosophy of our staff, and, a, and this is just how we do deliverance. I will not pray for people if they are not willing to fight for their own freedom. Some, sometimes people want to get free, and they want me to do it, or they want the pastor to do it, or they want the team to do it, because they don't want to fight. Well, I, I'm not praying for you unless... You're willing to fight. You have to want your own freedom enough to say, yes, I will stand for it. I will, I will fight as well. The second thing I do with dealing with the demonic is um, not only will I cast the demon out in Jesus' name, but I will have them do it too. I will, I will have them repeat after me. In Jesus' name, spirit of fear, I command you to leave. I will do it, then I'll have them do it. Why? Because I can't go home with them. <laughs> because this is 20, how many know this is 24-7. We need to have practice taking our own authority. We need to have practice standing. And guys, if this is new to you or unfamiliar to you, um, you're growing it. Just grow. Let it become familiar. God is raising us up as freedom fighters. 
And this is going to be part of it. Whether you're on the healing team or the prophetic team or the freedom team, we're always going to be dealing with that alternate alternate reality and we just, we can't be afraid of it and we need to know who we are in Christ. God wants people free. Ted, come on up. Well, you know what we say, what's up, Freedom Fighters? What's up? No, you didn't hear me. I said, what's up, Freedom Fighters? That's not really good enough, to be honest with you. This stuff is going to be harder than what you've just demonstrated, I promise you. So I don't want to be ridiculous here, but I want to say this one more time. What's up, Freedom Fighters? For each one of us, um, God wants to give us a tool belt. And each one of us as freedom fighters, we will need a tool belt. And in your tool belt will be tools that you will need to advance the kingdom of God. And so as freedom fighters and kingdom advancers, we will need a tool belt that has been given to us by God so that we can reach into our tool belt and access the tool that is required to prophesy life, to heal the sick, and to see those that are bound set free. Now, if some of you are walking through your journey without your tool belt, but that day is over and there is a new day that is about to begin. Because God is handing out tool belts to his people. Now I'll tell you one thing, having prayed for, and I'm just, humility is like just giving honor to God for who he made you to be. So I want to walk in humility when I, when I share some of these stories. I have personally prayed for hundreds of people to be set free. And I'm tired. And I'm not saying, I'm not like Elijah saying I'm the only prophet in town, not saying I'm a prophet. I'm simply saying that we need the body of Christ to be alive and awakened to advance the kingdom of God. The thing about this word deliverance, Michael, do you have Ezekiel? Uh, Ezekiel 36, 25 through 27. All right, guys, when I thought about just the essence of what is deliverance, this is the scripture that comes to my mind. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all of your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. And then in the Message Bible. Same passage in the Message, if that's possible. Mm -hmm. 
No problem. So God is going to give each one of us a tool belt. Ephesians 2.10 says this. Essentially, he is preparing you for what he's already prepared for you. Right? Ephesians 2.10 says, he is preparing you now for what he has already prepared in advance for you. And so for you and I, as we are desirous to advance the kingdom of God and fulfill the Great Commission, we are going to need these tools in our tool belt to be able to do that. Many years ago, I was in a church setting, and there was a woman that came up to me, and she prophesied over me, and she said, God is going to use you in a deliverance anointing, and you are going to see captives set free. And I grew up in a Baptist church, so I wasn't really familiar with this term called deliverance. And I, I was asking God about it, to be honest with you. Um, just the word deliverance seems a little bit scary. I prefer, like, freedom, freedom fighters. But then the Holy Spirit kind of checked me a little bit, and I realized that Moses was a deliverer, and Jesus was sent as a deliverer. And so God desires, like in Ezekiel 36, to see us set free. And the woman prophesied over me that uh, God is going to use you to see many people set free. And I went home. I was, I was young. I was still in my parents' house, actually. And I went home, and I talked to my parents. And uh, they both said to me, stay away from that, all right? You can pray for the sick. That's funny, guys. It's funny. Uh, you, can, you can prophesy, but stay away from this thing called deliverance. Because they were fearful that the enemy was going to come after me. But the reality is what Tom said. We have all authority. Now, I appreciate his balanced approach. Um, he uses the word, the words mosquitoes. Like, we don't want to go into the forest and look for mosquitoes, but if there's a mosquito in your office, we want to swat the mosquito. I say it a little bit differently. It's easier to walk into a dark room and turn on the light than it is to search around in the darkness for the demonic. That's good stuff, right? So you and I are not called to go into dark rooms and look around in the darkness for demonic spirits, but we are the light of Christ. And so we get to go into dark places if necessary, turn on the light of Jesus, and see the captive set free. Yeah, I just want to tell you guys something. Remember last week when we talked about the Crisco, how I didn't have any oil in my house for my kids to be healed? Guys, stop sending me Crisco. I have enough Crisco. <laughs> I have plenty of Crisco, so please stop sending it to me. I'm getting these gift bags of Crisco. Please stop. So uh, I was prophesied that God was going to use me to see captives set free. And the one thing that I just want to emphasize tonight for sure is it's as simple as going. Right? If you're wondering, how do I get started? Like, there's plenty of teaching. There's plenty of training. But for people like you and I, it's as simple as just going. Right? Just step forward and, and do something about advancing the kingdom. When we witness to people, we have to open our mouths and just share the love of Christ. If someone is in pain, we need to pray for healing. It's as simple as that. We can't forever sit and be trained and equipped without the actual component of going into all the world.
So I just want to encourage you guys tonight. Just, just go. Just go. Step forward. A couple steps forward. Um, it is really scary. But the reality is the only way, I believe the only way really to know what your gifts are is to practice. Right? To exercise the gifts. To practice the gifts. And then you begin to realize, wow, God is using me for healing or God is using me for deliverance or God is using me um, to prophesy. So I was in my office at work. A young man came in and he was struggling with uh, some sexual sin. And I remember that I was taught when it came to healing that if you want to see people healed, you just begin to pray for them, right? I mean, you lay your hands on and you just command pain to go and simple prayer, just, just Jesus heal. And so I thought, well, it's got to be the same with deliverance, right? If we want to see people set free, we better just start somewhere. And so I kind of mumbled a little bit and I said, hey, is there any chance that I could just pray for you um, and just see if the Holy Spirit would come and set you free? You know, there are people that are bound to things that can be set free in a moment, because the Bible says the anointing breaks the yoke. And so you and I need to bring the anointing to break the yoke. You guys, uh, the yoke the yoke with cattle, it yokes two cattle together. What happens when the yoke is broken? The cattle run free. What happens when the anointing of God comes upon our lives? We can be set free to run free. I don't know how this happened. I have never read a book on deliverance. I've never read a book on freedom. The woman that shared the prophetic word with me, she said, God is going to use you, um, and you'll be taught by the Holy Spirit. And so I just began to just wait on the Holy Spirit. And as I laid my hand on this young man, the Holy Spirit gave me the name of every spirit that had come against him. I don't know why. I didn't find it in a book. I don't know any formulas. But I was at that place where I really, really wanted to just begin to advance the kingdom. Have you ever been so hungry that you just want to push forward and advance the kingdom of God for real? And I was in that place, and this young man was bound. And so I began to pray, and I knew every spirit that had come against him. There were nine spirits that came against him. I took authority over every spirit. I just said, this spirit, this spirit, I break your power. I break your hold in Jesus' name. Now, no one ever taught me this, but I remembered from Scripture that, you know, when the, when the strong man is, is gone, we have to sweep the house clean. And so I remember that this was an important component to seeing someone set free. So we prayed, we commanded every spirit to loose him and to let him go. We, we closed the doors with the blood of Jesus. We just said, Father, in Jesus' name, we close these doors in the blood of Jesus. And then we prayed for the baptism in the Holy Spirit so that he would be filled to overflowing. Now, the thing about freedom is it's easy, it's relatively easy to get people set free. The hard part is walking out your freedom. 50% of it is breaking the bondage and seeing people set free from demonic entities. The hardest part is how do we walk out our freedom? And so both of those things are necessary. This young man had been addicted to all sorts of sexual things. 
But when the anointing came and broke the yoke over his life, he was set free. He was filled to overflowing and then had to begin to walk out his freedom. Now, I just want to tell you, he came back 60 days later. He said, I think I need that prayer again. Because it is difficult to, to hold our freedom. But I believe that God is calling us to be freedom fighters. You and I are possessed by the Holy Spirit. Right? So when the Holy Spirit came and lived inside of us, we are possessed by the Holy Spirit. It's kind of a scary word, but the reality is it's only the Holy Spirit that has made his place in our lives. So we're not going to see um, possession so much in the United States. But if you go to Africa and India, where I have been, there are times where you will see people who come forward for prayer and they just want a blessing. They want a blessing from, they say, I just want a blessing from the man of God. And so what happens is people come from all sorts of backgrounds. They come forward for prayer. And there are times where a, a, a person will fall to the ground and slither like a snake. Now, I'm not overly interested in those manifestations because it's, it's kind of scary. But the reality is that the anointing of God comes upon these people and they begin to be set free from witchcraft, um, set free from fear, set free from all sorts of demonic powers. But you and I can be afflicted by the enemy. We can be oppressed by the enemy. We can be depressed by the enemy. And I just want to remind you that the vast majority of deliverance that is needed is in the body of Christ. Isn't that crazy? Like, we need to be free to set other people free. And so we need to be praying for each other. And it's crazy to think that we can be afflicted by the enemy. Now, Tom, Tom says this so often, and I repeat it everywhere that I, I share. What you don't believe from the Word of God, you can't receive from the Word of God. I, for many years, had no idea that we could be afflicted by the enemy, right? That we're, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, um, we're baptized in the Holy Spirit in many cases, but I had no idea that we could actually be afflicted by the enemy. And so the first step in this particular ministry is to know that you must believe that we can be afflicted by the enemy. Right? I mean, if you just, if you just believe that we're just okay and we, just, we continue to read our Bibles and we renew our minds, that is definitely a part of our freedom. But with that said, we can also be afflicted. And it will take people in the body of Christ that have the gift of discerning of spirits to help us get free from those demonic spirits. Now, how many of you would be interested in seeing the captives set free? Many times God will equip you with the things that you will need to fulfill your calling. Uh, the, gifts, the gifts of God are gifts, and they're given to favored sons and daughters. Um, Tom said in prayer time this morning, 
These are not rewards for good boys and good girls. These are gifts that are needed to fulfill your calling. Some of you wonder, well, what is my calling? What is God calling me to? Well, ask Creator God, the one that created you in his image, the one that has called you. Um, Psalms 139 says that even before you were, you were formed in your mother's womb, he called you. And so if you want to know tonight, what is my calling? What has God created me for? Just ask Father God. He's the one that created you in his image. And then you will need tools in your tool belt, such as prophecy, such as healing. Just want to reiterate that we don't need to be afraid of the enemy, right? It's just we have all authority. God has given us all authority. So we don't need to walk in fear of the enemy. We can take authority over the enemy. And so I just want to keep us really, really balanced. These are demonic spirits that we can kind of swat away, as, as Tom said, like mosquitoes. Where is the enemy right now? Well, there's two things we know from Scripture. The Bible says that the enemy stands before the very throne room of God. Right? So the enemy stands before the very throne room of God, and he is accusing the brethren. And whereas Jesus, Jesus stands at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. We also know the Bible says that Satan prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But most of what we are dealing with is going to be demonic entities that we don't need to be afraid of, that we can just take authority over and command those, those spirits to leave. So how do we do this? Well, let me just very briefly, we won't get too practical, but let me give you five of the strong men that affect Christian people. When we talk about strongholds, there's generally five or six strong men or strongholds. The first one is fear. So when we're praying for people individually, and I promise I won't get too practical, but when we pray for people individually, we first have to identify the strong man. What is the spirit that is holding this person captive? And so very quickly, the, one of them is called the spirit of fear. The second one could be a spirit of rejection. Another one could be a spirit of death. Now, I'm not trying to freak you out tonight, but this is just... Part of what we need to know, the information that we need to know to see captives set free. When a person has a spirit of death, what they will see is they'll see uh, accidents throughout their lives. They'll see times where um, they've had numerous car accidents. A lot of times there's a spirit of death involved. All right, so what are some of the strong men? We have fear, rejection, death. One of the hardest spirits to, to deal with is the spirit of religion. Can I get an amen? So if you come from a denomination where you're not taught some of these things, that spirit of religion is, is difficult to deal with. And then also, uh, one of them could be the spirit of abandonment. Many, many years ago in this church, back in the 80s, there was an evangelist um, on this stage, and he said... 
If you would like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'm going to just have you come forward and we're going to pray for you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And the whole message was on what is the infilling of the Holy Spirit? Why do we need it for today? And so he said, what's going to happen is your heart is going to start beating. You're going to have palpitations in your heart and you're going to know it's the Holy Spirit. And so my heart was racing. And so I came forward, I stood here, um, we were under really hot lights, there were people all around, and they, they laid their, their hands on me and other people, so there had to be, it seemed like 200 people up here, laid their hands on me, and um, at that time, the pastor said, begin to pray in a new language. And I just, just want to share a personal story with you. I love the baptism in the Holy Spirit because it is essential for you and I to have the power of the Holy Ghost to begin to fulfill the Great Commission. Acts 1.8 says, When you receive power, you will be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. If you want the power, you need the presence of the Holy Spirit tangibly in your life. So I came down here. Um, I was in college, actually. And I came down here to the front, and I was... I had many hands put on me. I was really, it was really hot and sweaty and people all around. And, and I just want to say it like this. I didn't get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I was confused by it. I knew it was a neat opportunity, but I just, just tell you, I did not, I was not baptized in the Holy Spirit. I did not speak in other tongues. And this is what I want to tell you about the enemy. The enemy always comes to rob, kill, and destroy. And so what happened with me is, I went for seven years without the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I was a college student. My thoughts were not as pure as they could have been. And this is what the enemy said to me almost immediately. The enemy said, God does not fill dirty vessels. And because my thoughts weren't pure and my, you know, some of the things going through my mind weren't pure, I believed a lie of the enemy that said God does not fill dirty vessels. And for seven years, guys, I let the enemy rob me. One of the most powerful, potent tools that is needed for us to see captives set free is the baptism into the Holy Spirit. And I went for seven years without the potency of the Holy Spirit. Now, when you come to know Christ, you are indwelt with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Baptized in water is a profession of your faith. It's called the baptism into repentance. But the baptism into the Holy Spirit is when you receive power from the Holy Spirit to be his witness. And my experience is that this is where the gifts of the Holy Spirit begin to culminate. For some reason, it seems like the gifts become more prominent once you've been baptized into the Holy Spirit. For seven years, I went without the baptism. And I realized that it was just the enemy robbing me and robbing me and robbing me. But at one point, and you see how subtle the enemy is, right, guys? But he robbed me for seven years of one of the most potent things that I needed to walk out my faith and be empowered by the Holy Spirit. I was up in a church actually in Toma, Wisconsin. I was at the back of the church. There were several hundred, peop hundred people there pastor gave a message on the baptism into the Holy Spirit. 
And this guy right here, conservative as you can possibly believe, just kind of soft-spoken, I literally ran from the back of the church. And I came to the front of the church and I said, God, I will not be denied. Because I, got a, I finally had a revelation that God is not rewarding me for my good behavior. He's not giving me good things because I've been good enough and tried enough and been perfect enough. He gives good gifts because I'm his son. Guys, that is good stuff. Please, bring it. So if you're thinking about, I can't get the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I can't seem to get a release with my prayer language. The first thing we have to understand is it is not a reward because you've been good. And if you haven't been able to get that release, it is not lack of reward because you've, you've been bad. He gives good gifts to his children. Came forward to the altar, was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Just to be really relational with you here tonight, I still didn't speak in tongues. So for those of you that are just struggling with this thing, I just, I have a real compassionate heart for people that want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I literally went home into my prayer closet. I mean like a real prayer closet, shut the door, you know, dirty laundry here, clean laundry here. Um, and I just fumbled myself into the prayer closet, at which time I said, Father, I'm going to begin to pray by faith. If this is not from you, would you stop me? And all of a sudden, I just felt this bubbling up inside of me. Guys, tonight is an invitation for you and I to be freedom fighters. It doesn't take much because you already have the Holy Spirit inside of you. What it does take, though, is it takes your willingness to step over the line, to simply lay your hands on the sick, cast out demons when you need to, and prophesy life into the hearts and minds of people. Now, many of you are doing that already, but we are, we are calling the army of God to be raised up for such a time as this. I don't know if you quiet people heard me. We are calling an army to be raised up for such a time as this. And lastly, I just want to specifically speak to the next generation. The body of Christ needs the next generation to rise up and become generals in the body of Christ. Right? Malachi says, in the last days, he will restore the hearts of the father to the children and the children to the fathers. And I just want to end with this brief prayer, and Tom will come up. Father, I ask you in Jesus' name that you would raise up an army from within the next generation. God, I pray that you would equip, ignite, call forth those that have been hidden away and afraid to function in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Father, we say yes to the enlistment in the army of God. We say yes, Father, and especially the next generation, that they would rise up, that they would lay their hands on the sick, that people would recover, that they would cast out demons, that they would prophesy life, and that they would advance the kingdom of God in Jesus' name.